Ever dreamt of quitting your job, selling your possessions, and traveling the world? We did, and now we're making it a reality and a podcast. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to Episode 9 of Live Let Rome. We interrupt our normal roaming program to let you in on some behind-the-curtain budget details. On this episode, we're going to be reviewing our budget results for the past three months. We're also going to be reviewing some key takeaways and some tips we continue to learn along the way. So whether you're looking to travel long-term or simply looking to make your budget stretch further on your vacation... Strap in and get your own plans ready for Dr. Goes and Madame Explorer's secret, secret budget, budget plan. plan. <laughs> Here are some quick facts. Over the past three months, March to May, we've traveled through seven countries and over 20 cities. That makes our distance travel so far at 6,692 miles or 10,769 kilometers. We've traveled through land, through air, and through sea. And when you take all those distance traveled together, that means that we've covered about 27% around the world. I admire your courage, miss. Explorer, Madam Explorer, I admire your luck, mister. Go, Dr. Go. All right, it's time to kick off our budget plan episode with some Q&A with Dr. Go slash Eric. So, Eric, you ready? I am ready, Madam Explorer. Oh, I messed up. It's Dr. Go. (laughs) (laughs) So first question for you, how did we land on the $40,000 budget? As we discussed in episode two, A View to a Plan, we stumbled on a book called Quit Like a Millionaire. And in that book, they detail some chapters on travel and specifically the concept of geographical arbitrage. And what is geographical arbitrage quickly? Yeah, so essentially what it is, is you earn your currency in, let's say, U.S. dollars, a strong currency. Mm -hmm. And when you travel, you seek out destinations to spend that where your budget will go further, let's say in... Argentinian pesos or Turkish lira or other examples that we're going to go through. All right. What else? So a light bulb went off when we were reading the book that they stated the $40,000 budget for their travel around the world. And they actually spent less than that to go around the world. Well, I asked you, I said, Christy, how much did we spend, let's say in 2019, Mm pre-pandemic? What was our budget? And you're like, it was right around under $40,000. And a light bulb went off and said, we could definitely do this if we budget effectively. The book goes into a lot of other travel tips and other things. I definitely recommend reading the chapters on travel. We thought we could do this if we're spending $40,000 a year in a year where we're spending a lot, too. We got married that year. We took some trips. Oh, yeah. So I know we talked about, you asked me, where do I do? I know I like to keep the budget details. I'm the accountant of the relationship. So I keep a ledger. No, it's just a simple handwritten ledger about monthly expenses. And that helped me kind of go back between that combined with our credit cards. We just look simple as cash spent. 
and added that up for the year. Now, I know you did mention in that 2019, we had a couple different events that happened. The one of the most important would be our wedding. Yay! Yay. So we had our <laughs> wedding that year and we did have several trips. So it's a little bit slight abnormal for the year, but we just wanted to take at a look of spending where we didn't kind of manufacture or change our process. Yeah, so it's, I think the big takeaway here is know what you spend per year. It's a mm -hmm. great way to budget to see how far you can travel on that. Any details from looking at those expenses that you can point out? It was interesting as far as rent, I think, is the biggest thing you want to look at and what percentage of your budget is going to rent. Mm -hmm. And in our example, we were spending around 18000 a year, or 45% of our total budget was for an apartment. We were living at the time in Westchester, New York, a very high cost of living area, and apartments do not come cheap. So this yeah. is a studio apartment, humble living, but still $18,000. Yeah, and that eighteen, just so you know, is like a wrap-up of like what you would pay. Your housing, your water, your cable, those things that are kind of hardwired into a place. And when you think of travel, $18,000 a year translated to Airbnb in a lower cost of living location can go very far. And that's what we're talking about when we mention slow travel and longer term stays. That can go very far abroad. Yeah, and I even looked at the actual number for 18000 estimated in terms of what you spend per day. It's about a $50 a day stay, which is actually quite doable we found on our trip. So Yeah, yeah. I am a member of Spectre. Spectre? Spectre. Special experience to create inspiration, traveling, roaming, education. The four great cornerstones of power, headed by the greatest brains in the world. Correction. Curious brains. The successful curious brain is always superior. It has to be. Number two, digging into the details. What would you say were the five key takeaways about where we would save the most? So looking at utilities, I think, was one of the first things to examine because that can impact your pre-travel savings plans and then also when you're traveling, you're going to save some money on utilities. So how you do that is, first of all, cut the cord on cable. We went down to no cable, Wi-Fi only, and a digital TV antenna months before we traveled, mm -hmm. which saved us hundreds of dollars. So that's number one. When you're traveling, clearly you don't have an electric bill or water bill or other standard utilities. So when you're in Airbnb, that's all taken care of for you. So there's some cost savings there. And then the cell phone plan is another one we discovered actually on the trip. We're now on Google Wi-Fi right now, wireless calling, and we have no cell phone plan, which was kind of nice. So those are three ways you can save before you're traveling or after while you're traveling. Now, I know it's a popular thing. I think cutting the cable cord has been something that's been happening, I think, for the 10 years. It's the rise of Netflix and all these streaming services. But I think sometimes as a society, we kind of reflexed in the other way, where we maybe cut cable, but then we have 10,000 streaming different networks. So it's important to choose your best plan, right? Choose your plan of attack. So if you want a streaming network, so maybe not all five of them at once, maybe you rotate. I know I had talked about, I think in a previous episode, about pausing plans. There's a, a way to do that. But also there is a lot of free streaming services through your library 
or through services that you can get free networks. So you're looking at entertainment of how you can save in the meanwhile. These are long-standing things that you can do today without even having a plan on the works that will start saving you money. And then you start thinking in terms of how much you can get for that cable. So if you're paying 120 a month, well, you can stay a week in Turkey in an Airbnb for that same amount. You start thinking like, what could I get for that bill? If I save that bill, I sacrifice, what could I get in return for travel? Yes. Man has climbed Mount Everest, gone to the bottom of the ocean. He's fired rockets at the moon split the atom, and achieve miracles in every field of human endeavor, except travel. So number two we discovered is turning in the lease car. Now, this could impact before you travel if you live in a city where you don't need a car or you can commute via public transportation. However, a lot of times that's not an option, especially in Michigan and places and things of that nature. But we actually turned in the lease car and got a bonus for turning it in early because cars were at a premium. So we got a $2,000 bonus, which was great. Well, it's a unique time that's happening in this world with the inflation prices that you kind of have to think of different solutions. And it happens to work for in our favor this time. Yeah, because when you're traveling, clearly you don't need a car. And so I got a fun surprise at $2,000, but also resurging gas prices and insurance prices and maintenance on the car. Eliminating the car is the second most expensive proposition that you can eliminate from your budget, which again translates to significant amounts of travel. All right, what's next? So we talked about where to travel or that concept of geographical arbitrage a few times, but there's some research that you need to do with that. You want to, one, follow the currency fluctuations. I use XE, an app that you can load 20 different currencies and you can look at how they're fluctuating. Recently, the U.S. dollar has been doing fantastic. In fact, just as an example, when we started the travel in March, the U.S. dollar to euro was 87 cents on a dollar. At one point, it was 96 cents U.S. dollar to euro. So we benefited in that. We're currently in Turkey, and it's, what, like 116.5 to one U.S. dollar. So follow the currencies, help it influence where you're traveling, and you want to look at cost of living in the destinations that you want to travel. So how you do that is really looking at costing out a month's stay on Airbnb in different destinations will give you a good benchmark of what that's going to be. And if that's $900, is it $2,000? I mean, you clearly get to see before you plan. And you have to be open-minded on destinations. Don't have your heart set on one area. You have to be flexible. Look at maybe five areas and then choose the one with the best price plus somewhere you actually want to go. The other cost of living research you want to do on this is costing out a meal. So I actually look at different restaurants in that destination. I try to get the image of their menu and then I cost out and say, wow, a full dinner is $8 in this destination. That's pretty inexpensive. So low cost of living destinations through Airbnb research and restaurant research, you can actually get a pretty good handle on what it's going to cost per month. There's a lot of credits and travel rewards you can stay. When you, the longer you stay in the location, the more discounts you get, especially in Airbnb. So we mentioned that $1,800 a month for $18,000 a year was our example that we were going against our 2019 year. When you look at that for a month stay, that's going to go drastically down. So you're, instead of your $1,800 a month, we've seen a lot of locations to market out maybe $1,000 a month. 
And it's just minor savings. And there's a lot of websites where you can earn money back or rewards just by booking through an online site. So you kind of think about double and triple dipping into different places. We're dipping on the currency. We're dipping on the rewards programs. You're dipping on uh, several other things. And we'll talk about credit cards later. Take as many bonuses in your pocket that you can to make dollars work for you. And number four, I would say, is cooking in destinations. One of the great things about Airbnbs is that you can get a kitchen, a full-scale kitchen. That's been actually fun. So I enjoy to cook. If you don't enjoy to cook, maybe this isn't as fun. But when we were in Sicily mm-hmm. and we have all the ingredients of Italy at our disposal, you can make amazing meals at fractions of a cost of going to a restaurant. Now, mind you, we still went out to some restaurants because we put that in our budget. We love to sit down and enjoy a restaurant. But even if you can cook half your meals in your Airbnb using high-quality ingredients, that's a great way to save some money on your travels. You don't have to be a chef. Something that we've been doing in one of our location, overnight oats, no cooking. Breakfast at a minimum. Yeah, yeah, but it's a great little tasty treat when you're using the fresh ingredients. And that's the key of when cooking in destination is local ingredients are cheaper. So if you build your meals and your food plans around that, that's going to save you a ton of money right there. And if you learn how to use an Italian coffee roaster on the stovetop, which all these Airbnbs happen to have, you don't have to go to your Starbucks and your other places to buy your coffee. And it's actually kind of an interesting experience. So just look at little ways to save some money and just watch your spend destination and your dollar will go a lot further. Yeah, we looked that up on YouTube on how to use the <laughs> mochi, mochi roasting coffees. And every place in Italy had this roaster. So number five mm-hmm. and last is credit card rewards and airline miles. Mm-hmm. I've dabbled in this for years, just trying to save on those international long haul flights. But you can also use them for Airbnbs, as we've learned through our Chase rewards and mm-hmm. programs like that. We also use American Airlines for our long-haul flights because their miles go further than most plans. And you really got to, again, you got to become expert at this. I mean, there's the points guy. I'm sure people have heard that. We'll put a link to his site. But just really study it and learn where you want to go and see what those miles are worth. You really have to become expert on that to do this plan and to travel. And when I talked about earlier about double dipping and triple dipping, this is the perfect example. So get a credit card that gives you miles back. So there may be a sign-in bonus and then additional bonuses through travel. Use those. But at the same point, you can use those in combination. For example, our Chase Rewards credit card right now gives us 25% more value on Airbnb. So wherever we book for Airbnb, we can pay ourselves back and those points are worth 25% more. That gives us a big savings. Now, another thing that you can look at is through shopping or discounted websites for shopping through the cards. Sometimes you can just get cash back on your cards that way. Places like Ibotta or Rakuten or even our Capital One has shopped through these travel sites and they give you a discount back. So it's important to do your research, even though it seems minuscule, a 1% or 2%, 3% savings is every little dollar that you can put back into your pocket counts. Yeah, and another little tip, just when we're looking at airline miles specifically, is don't forget taxes. So sometimes you'll get a, a deep discount from New York to London at 30,000 points. However, taxes to land in certain UK airports can be $200 or so. Mm-hmm. 
So you, what you do in these cases, you fly to Dublin, right? Spend a couple days in Dublin, enjoy that, drink some Guinness, and then take a local flight to the UK if that's where you want to go, and you can save some money on taxes there. Actually, the difference in taxes will pay typically for your one-night stay and the flight. Also, Lisbon and Portugal is another great destination, but they also have some high taxes at their airports. So just do your research on, before you book using your miles, look at the taxes. It can add up, and so be cognizant of that. You know, you want to take these miles and plans well before you start traveling. We're talking months before. You can start rotating cards, keeping in mind, of course, all your balances when you're doing this. Make sure you are aware of the annual fees and things like that. But become an expert months before you start traveling. You'll bank all those points and basically eliminate your first two months of travel expenses if you do it right. Yeah, so I would say besides the tips that we give you, the number one tips, if you're going to do the credit card rewards, you must pay your bill yes. in full every month. Otherwise, you lose any savings that you're going to get. Because basically the percentage that you're paying on maintaining a fund just nixes out everything. So if you pay in full, you can work to your benefit. So now we're going to take a look at our budget breakdown details with Madam Explorer, also known as Christy. So Christy, we have a question for you from Dr. Go. We established a 40,000... Okay, normal. <laughs> we need people to actually understand what we're All saying. All right, budget breakdown details with Madam Explorer. So Christy, we established a $40,000 a year budget. How did you tackle that and keep track of spending before our travels and during our travels? I know we talked earlier that I kept the ledger before when you asked me to create our 2019 spend. And that ledger was a simple composition notebook and I would put our receipts down and our basic utilities and go from there. Now for here on the road, I didn't want to carry all this stuff with us. So I kept it a little bit more simpler to an Excel spreadsheet which most people, you can use spreadsheet. There is a million different apps you can also use. I want to keep it as simple as possible. In terms of our budget, I took that $40,000 number, divided it by 365 days to get $109.59. So that was my baseline on what to spend per day. Now that doesn't sound like very much when you're looking like how I'm gonna live on $100 a day, but when you break that down to a monthly budget, it makes it a little bit more palatable. So you take your daily budget, that 109.59, times it by 30 or 31 days, depending on what month it is, or if it's February 28th, then you get your monthly spend. After that, I looked at credit card categories. So every time you look into your bank, either your credit cards or your debit cards, there's typically a spending summary. And use those resources to work to your benefit. I'm able to take my spending summary for the month of April, March or May, that's how I created these. And you can see those breakdowns for food, groceries, travel, utilities, whatever that helps. And for me, that was super helpful in terms of seeing trends. I have a retail management background. So looking at the trends is something that I'm experienced with. Yeah. And another tip is to do this before you travel. So you were doing a paper and pencil before we went to Excel, which makes it very easy. But Know what your daily spend is before you travel so you can do the math and see if it makes sense for you to, to travel or how long you can travel. Maybe it's just a month or two that you want to do this for. You could at least know how much that's going to cost. All right, so number two, 
What have we learned in our three months based on our results? So I mentioned that I broke down our spending by categories and I have a total spend. And I'll talk about that total spend a little bit later, just at the end. But what I wanted to talk about first is the biggest thing that stood out to me when I actually looked at the details is a third of our budget went to food, basically for sustenance for living. Now, most of us, food is entertainment. So I thought entertainment would be the bigger value. Like, hey, we're going to go do lots of stuff, and that's where most of our money. I knew the shelter and transport would be a big part, but I didn't think about the food. And that's something that was aha moment for me. Another thing I looked at is to adjust the spending based on our need and expectations. So when we booked, we booked probably about a month in advance, a month and a half in advance. And we right now we've taken it a little bit shorter, about two weeks. What that gave us the opportunity was to see how, hey, did the Airbnb or did the residence fit our needs when we were in the actual location? And for our first like two weeks, we found, yeah, it looked good on paper before, but what we actually needed was something a little bit different. So you want to adjust that spending based on your needs. And that's something that we have adjusted continually, even up to this day. And that may be changing locations for better accessibility and comfort, not just this price. The one tip I will say, I think what we've been lucky too, is with COVID, there has been less travelers, I would say, you've seen over the time. So it's given us a little bit of a luxury to book a little bit closer to our arrival, where I think in the future, you might have to book out a month or two to obtain those savings. So just a tip, always try to plan in advance if possible, but knowing that you can adjust on the dime if you need to. Yeah, so you book any flights absolutely 100% in advance. That's your biggest savings. But for such as residences or travel, maybe it's a bus travel, they're generally going to be the same price or you can get a better deal on and there's a lot of availability in hotels, typically in an area. So you're going to get a more value there. So those things that you can do in the moment, closer to the moment, but flights, absolutely keep that in advance. Yeah. Okay. So for our wrap-up, just to give you a little background, so for the three months we're looking at from March to May, we were 34% under budget. That was a savings of almost $3,500. So I was pretty amazed at about that savings. How about you, Eric? I mean, it was great, right? Uh, I That's your biggest fear is you're going to go and travel, and then you're going to look at the bill and say, oh my goodness, we can't afford this. We're going to have to go back home. But Nope, it's... I know that's something that you ask me. You're like, how we doing? How we doing? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's unless you get it black and white on paper, you just don't know. So if you're actually saving money by traveling, which is it's a head scratcher, but it's cool. Yeah, and for a couple things that I learned, like in March, I probably did the numbers a little bit more frequent than I did for May. Like for May, I probably only looked at the numbers maybe once or twice. For March, it was a couple more because it was our first month mm -hmm. doing it. And that number comes with our credits. So this is our credit card credits. But a curious thing to note is without those credits, which I'll talk about how much credits we have, we were still 12.15% under budget. Right, right. So the credits are great, but they will eventually run out or reduce their impact. So the fact that we're still at 12% under budget is great, right? Yeah, so. so what that's saying is that if Chase card, if you can't get that credit, you can't get those big savings, it's still doable without that. And it's looking at our tail end of the trip. 
Now to talk about those Chase card credits, we talked about using the Airbnb and that's where we took our biggest savings. We got 25% more bonus of our point systems. That equated to over $2,200 in savings so far. And we still got points to use later on and we're working on that. With that equaled at $2,200 with 5.6% of a $40,000 budget. So that's pretty good if you can get 5% off the back to use for something else. And here's a tip or something to think about is when you're traveling, do not buy anything in cash if possible. Put absolutely a pack of gum on your credit card because you get the points for that. Now it takes discipline and you have to ask in all shops, you know, and you just pull out that credit card and use it. And only in one destination, which was Albania, mm -hmm. was the only cash society that we've lived in for a month. We'll talk about that in our Albania episodes. But even there, be disciplined. Ask for credit. And, and you imagine everything you put on your card, you know you're going to pay it off at the end of the month. Do not miss that payment. Mm -hmm. But those points will continue to rack up, which will reduce either your flight costs or, in our case, the Airbnb credits. So you just got to have a lot of discipline about the spending, which will help get you to that 12% below budget. Yeah, and using those credits that think like as income, as a way of getting income back to you, is an important way of budgeting on this long-term travel. And this is something that you can use even for short-term stays as well. And if you have any questions or you want to have a conversation with us about how to obtain those budgets, just send us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com. We'll be glad to get back with you with some information or details on how to make the most of your budget. The Americans live let Rome are fools. I offered my services and they refused. So did the East. Now they can both pay for their mistakes. World domination, the same old dream. Our social media feeds are full of people who think they're Napoleon or God. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? I'm going to use a quote from Little Wayne. The more time you spend contemplating what you should have done, you lose valuable time planning what you can and will do. And this all starts by tracking your spend now, before travel, during travel, and then taking action. Each step is a move forward to your own travel and budgeting plan. Sacrifice the small things for the big goal. For example, cut the cord with cable, reduce your cell phone plan, and consider public transportation when and if possible. Remember, research all the ways that you can double or triple dips with rewards programs. And it's important, I can't say this enough, pay your credit cards in full each month. Otherwise, you lose on any potential savings. Our next city is Catania, Sicily, the land of delicious pasta in southern Italy. And remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live Let Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or 
to share your travel adventures, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, get out and roam.